So today, do you guys know what I'm talking about today? Hearing God's voice. Yeah. I have a lot of favorite subjects. This is probably my favorite. <laughs> my favorite of favorites. Um, I, it's, I was listening to some music. I have a little speaker. And I, I was listening to this. Yeah. And this guy, so this is Maverick City Music. And he starts saying, so glad you're still speaking. I didn't plan this. <laughs> I paused it. I mean, I, I... We will walk in what you say. We will live in what you say. Was it? You said if you said it, we will see it. We believe it. So, the Lord already spoke this morning through Maverick City Music to me. He confirmed that His word today is from Him. And I... Um, there's a lot that I want to I want to cover. It's it's about not just the the science of hearing God, if I can say it that way. It's not it's not just figuring out how to do it. This is the relationship of hearing God. This is something that we all need to grow in for the rest of our lives. We don't stop growing in this. We continue to increase. And this is actually, I'm, gonna, I'm speaking to you as born-again believers. I do believe that all people can hear God's voice. It is the way God draws unbelievers to Him. So, if that's not if that wasn't possible, it would have been hard for you to hear him when he initially drew you to him. But the clarity and depth with which he speaks increases. For sure, when you get born again. The second major increase is when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. It is, it's, it's, levels of clarity. It's taking the, it's removing the veil. It's, um, instead of looking through a, a darkened window, it, it, it removes the, the fog from the window or from the mirror. It allows you to be able to discern him uh, just more clearly. So, how many of you guys have heard a message or read a book about hearing God? And you, and you guys... Anybody studied that at all? You did? What was the book? Or James, you read it. Living fearlessly. Yeah, good. Good. The cool thing about Jamie, uh, I've never met him, but I, I have listened to him, watched videos of him preaching, speaking, read his book. 
that one anyway. And the I continue to discover things that God spoke to Jamie, that he spoke to me years ago, and I've never heard anyone else say it that way. And he has said things word for word the way the Lord spoke it to me, which confirms Jamie in my heart easily. I heard Jesus tell me, and it was word for word. Quite a few things, actually. So uh, I know that, at least specifically, Jamie himself, I know that he hears from the Lord. But then what happens is when, when we, we take in a message like that, we, we read a book, you guys hear me speak here. You want to take on what I have learned. You want to, you want to go, okay, I, I want to learn this. I am only giving to you a secondhand version of it. It's firsthand for me. It's secondhand for you. You have to have your own firsthand experience. So even Jamie, you can listen, you can read. Go for your own experience. Don't just go off of what he said. Don't just go off of what I said. On either way, you, if you hear me, I'm going to tell you some stories, and some of my some of the stories I've actually hesitated to, to tell because when I have in the past, people have condemned themselves. Then, well, I've never heard that happen. I've never had that happen, and I've never heard God that way. And they think less of themselves because of that. That's the the point is. I want to tell you stories so that you are inspired to have even greater stories. The works that I do, you will do, and even greater works than these you shall do. These are things we should be able to say to each other and inspire each other for a deeper relationship with God. There have been times that I've wished it was a scientific formula, a math equation, just put this in and put that in and I really I enjoy math. I can solve a lot of things with with math. I enjoyed school, so you, you you just figure it out. I enjoyed chemistry. You put these two things, and it always does the same thing. That's not the way it is with a relationship with God. I um. I want to address the question of you personally. Are you, do, do you have a confidence or can you gain a confidence that you have the ability to hear God's voice? Like this is the question. I want you to gain this confidence that you have the same ability as anyone else to hear God's voice clearly. Isaiah thirty twenty one says, And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it, when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. That sounds pretty cool. Your ears shall hear a word behind you. So that verse is, um, it's comforting and kind of unnerving. It's like, I don't know. I hear him. What if I don't hear him? Uh, it, it's, we want to be able to control the situation. Um, but I, we have to have this confidence that God knows what he's doing. He knows how to talk to people. He's been doing it for a long time. He knows how to communicate with us. 
it seems like, I think this is one of the reasons why hearing God is one of my favorite subjects because all of, or, or, it would seem like almost all of the principles of God require us to hear his voice to activate them. Like, hear his voice truly. When I read the word, I open up the Logos word and I read it. I, I want to take in the words. But it's only when they become rhema, when they, when they are a God-breathed word that, that faith is quickened, is, alive, is made alive. So the principles of God, you can read the scholastic version of it, let's say, logos, just words only. You can read that, and that's not where the power is at. It, it requires us to hear him on that, on that subject, on every subject, every principle, if you, if you want to walk in healing, read verses on healing and ask for rhema. Ask for a word from him, not just a written word, but a God-breathed word. Do you guys know what the word rhema means? R-H-E-M-A. It's, it's the, the Greek word for God-breathed. Um, so it's the breath of God. It's when you've, you've heard a preacher and he's talking about something and a, and a thought comes to you, a, uh, there's a message that's quickened in your heart that's more than what he said. Like, the, so that means, and it's like he had this understanding. He didn't even try to do that. The, the preacher was speaking his Logos version, and the Lord breathed a rhema into you. I'll, I'll talk more about that a little later. Um, so, what does he sound like? How do, how do we hear him? These are questions that, how do we know for sure that it's him? If you're hearing things in your mind, how do you know that it's God? How do you know it's not just your own thoughts? Do we hear him audibly? Do we, like, what are all the different ways that we hear God? These are things that I, I wrestled with when I was, when I was younger. Uh, not wrestled as in, I'm not sure if this specific thing is God because there were times where I encountered God and I went, I know that's him. I know it's him. It was the subtle things that I was like, I don't know. And I had to be willing to make a mistake. I had to be willing to hear him wrong and not condemn myself, not condemn the circumstances and realize, yeah, I'm in process. As Andrew says, I haven't arrived yet, but I've left. I'm not back at the shore. I'm not at that shore, but I'm on the way. Give yourself grace to learn. And because so many times if you miss it, then you, it's like if the devil can condemn you and you'll receive it, he won't, not, he won't stop. He will try to condemn you to the point you won't listen to the Lord anymore. So I was thinking about this and I, and I remembered a book that I read when I was a young man. This is, Is That Really You, God, is the title of the book. It's by Lauren Cunningham. He's the guy that started YWAM and Mercy Ships. Uh, this, this one, it's kind of yellowed, actually. This was actually written in 1984. I'm a little older than you guys are. And... I read this when I was probably 20 years old, and it changed 
my life. It changed what I was willing to believe for myself. Now, I might have shared this the last time I was here, but a little story, a little backstory on me. I got born again at age seven and baptized in the Holy Spirit at age 14 as a young conservative Mennonite boy with no teaching on Holy Spirit baptism, other than if something comes out of your mouth that you're not controlling, it's probably the devil. That was the teaching that I had received. And I had an encounter with the Lord, and it was a powerful encounter. I experienced his, his, I experienced the fear of the Lord, his power, and his love in such an amazing way, so much that I passed out. So I didn't know as a 14-year-old conservative Mennonite, is that, I guess that was slain in the spirit. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I mean, I didn't know. I just, I woke up on the floor afterward and I and didn't know what had happened other than I knew it was God. From that day on, I could hear him more clearly. In fact, not long after that, he spoke to me audibly. So I've heard him audibly a few times, but not very often. And boy, how long ago was that? That was 35 years ago. Man. That's really cool. <laughs> I, over that time, I had heard him audibly when I needed to. Now, he knows when that is. Most of the time, uh, if we're just listening for something, for, for fireworks like that, I'm like, oh, wow. We'll miss him most of the time because he, he doesn't, he doesn't just fit our expectation of how he should communicate with us. So I was, I was newly married, wondering, okay, how do I take care of my family? What if we have kids? How do I, you know, I got to support. Now, now it's on me. I'm 20 years old, and I'm, I'm a new head of household. And I, I said, God, I don't, I don't know how to do this. I, I have to hear your voice. And so I cried out to the Lord. I said, please teach me to hear your voice. That was my one cry over and over. I, I, I would go to him and I would say, I am listening. Speak, Lord. I'm listening. I'm listening. And there's a certain tenacity of going after him that way that I'm, I'm asking you to have. You need that. You need to be willing to pursue him like forever. <laughs> Don't ever stop. Keep the tenacity of pursuing him. I pursue him more today than I did then. And I'm finding him. If you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me with all of your heart, he said. Draw near and I will draw near to you. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Those verses, he's, he's giving an invitation and he's saying, look for me. You'll find me. But you have to look for me. You can't just go, well, I'm a Christian. Talk to me. No. He, and and if, you, if you look at people throughout history that have encountered the Lord, they have taken the time. They've made the effort. There are saints that locked themselves in a room until they heard the Lord. Keith Green, you guys know who Keith Green is? He locked himself in his car. Keith Green is one of the best 
uh, worship leaders, musicians um, of his time. He, he was so pure in his worship. You guys know a lot of his songs. You would have heard them. Um, he went through a time of, of he just he was desperate for the Lord. And he sat in his car and he wouldn't let his wife's like, Keith, let me in. He didn't he was like, No, I'm I'm not no, go away. I, I'm I'm hiding in here until I hear God. There's I mean, you gotta be a little weird about it. You gotta be a little like go after him and don't worry about what other people think of you. So uh, my brother went to YWAM, which is why, I mean, I, he went to YWAM. I got interested in it, found the book. Actually, I think he gave me the book, and I read it. And, I mean, you can go on Amazon and buy it. It's like 10 bucks. Is that really you, God? You need to buy it. I sh- yeah, I wish I'd have them. I wasn't even sure if you could get them anymore. They're reprints. They don't look exactly like this, but, yeah, this is the... It's the classic. Ah, did it? How did it impact you? Did, um, do you remember it? I remember like when he got the call to start YWAM, and how God spoke to him through that. But that's kind of all I remember. It was also like six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. This is twenty-eight years ago for me. So, I'm. T- here's the thing. I, I want to read it again because I know, man, there's a lot of things that I, I probably don't remember right now. The thing that, like my overarching uh, feeling about this is I saw a man going after God and making mistakes. And God just redeeming them, helping him. It's like he, he did not do it all right. But he had a word that he had heard from the Lord and he stood in that word and he, and he just went after God. And how many lives of young people and the people they've ministered to have been changed over the years through YWAM and Mercy Ships? Not just young people. I mean, I'm, I'm someone that was changed. and just, I just read the book. So it, if you're willing to go after God and, and listen for him, he will give you instructions. When you read stories or hear stories of other people and realize, boy, they didn't really know what they were doing either. It's encouraging because you go, well, I can do this. I can, I can go after God. So uh, uh, the thing that I think Lauren Cunningham probably encouraged me in as well is it's not as complicated as we make it. He's a, he was a simple guy. He, he wasn't, he just said, okay, I'll do it. And and he just went after it. It's not as complicated as, as we make it. We tend to extrapolate out the, the word. Well, if that's the case, then that means this, and that means that, and that means all of these other things. It doesn't mean all those things. It just means that exact thing that he said. So, begin by asking to hear his voice. The Probably one of the hardest things for us to do is to then stop and listen. <laughs> it's one thing to ask to hear his voice. It's another thing to stop and listen for him. We, we want him to interrupt us like a text or a phone call. Like, you know, we're just going about our, and, and he gives us a message. He can. 
You're right, but it's usually not the best. Usually because you've gone astray and he's he's stopping you in your tracks because you're not you haven't listened to his his still small voice. We'll we'll talk about that. Um the thing that but probably the goal that I want to highlight here, and really one of the reasons why this is my favorite subject. I don't know how I can say favorite because there's some mm. but this is about getting to know his heart. That's why it's my favorite. If you're willing to hear his voice, you will get to know his heart. And he, it, it, it changes you from being just a subject of the king or an ambassador of his or someone that waves the flag. It changes you into not only just, okay, you're a child of God and you're, you're part of God's family, but you become his friend. And friendships have to be built. They are not automatic. Not every believer is a friend of God. I'll tell you that. Now, you should want to be. And if you haven't been offended or jaded about things, your heart will be toward him. But grow in your friendship with him. I am a close friend of his, and I know because he told me. I had an encounter with him one time. I, w- I, was, I was just spending time with him, and, and he, um, he showed me a sea of people that it was just, it was just people, and all their heads were down. It's like, <laughs> and these were all around the throne. So they were all believers, and that almost none of them were looking at him. Like I, I, I came into this, this vision, and I and I'm like, all the people are heads down, in this just they're, they're they don't even know where they are. They're actually in the position, seated with the king, with him, and they don't know. And I and as I'm looking, I see oh, there's a person over there, and their head is turned like this, and they're looking at him. They're they're looking this direction. I hadn't looked there yet. And I'm looking. I see another one. I see another one. I see another one. There's like 2,500 people. There were eight people with their heads turned that way. Almost none. And I turned and looked, and I became one of them, looking at his face, literally. And, and he, was right, <laughs> he was right here, and he was closer than I thought because I'm looking at all these people, and I'm thinking I'm going to look somewhere else, and he's right here. And, and he goes... He puts his arm around me like this. And he goes, right in my ear, he goes, let me tell you something. And I came out of the vision. <laughs> it's like, <gasps> he wants to speak directly to you personally. And he wants to confide in you. He's told me things he's never told anyone else. Now, apparently he told Jamie too, because I heard, obviously, Jamie Winship. Those are a couple of things that he told me that, that I, I'm like, he hasn't told anybody else this. This is really cool. Question of, can you hear his voice? John 10, 27. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That is as much of a promise to us as it was a declaration to the Jews. Sure, it was a declaration to the Jews, but it is a promise to us. Are you his sheep? If you are his sheep, you hear his voice. 
Stand on that promise. Don't just go, well, I don't. Don't look at your circumstances and let your circumstances determine what you believe about yourself or about your own abilities. Let the Word determine what you believe. So if you haven't heard God's voice, that's okay. You are His sheep. You hear His voice. So begin to declare that and believe it. And you will hear Him. I can promise you that. Because He said, if you seek Me, you'll find Me. My sheep are my... I mean, we got tons of verses that say you can hear Him. So, again, I I just want to say this. I'll probably say this a couple times. Don't allow condemnation in. If I say, you hear his voice, and you go, well, I don't, and you want to retract and pull down and, and go, apparently I'm not good enough, or apparently something's wrong with me that I can't hear his voice, do not allow condemnation ever, ever, no matter what. Even if you messed up, don't allow condemnation. The devil will condemn you. Jesus will restore you. Period. He proved it. I mean, unless you've been married five times and have and are living with a man or wife that's not your your husband or wife, uh, like the woman at the well, unless you have been caught in adultery and dragged out by your hair to be stoned, uh, unless you've slept with your neighbor's wife and killed her husband, unless you've done some things that are worse than the examples we see of the people of God. Like, come on. Jesus showed it over and over. I mean, I just mentioned uh, a few examples, but God is used to dealing with people with problems. So, of course, we have problems. That's okay. He restores us from them. He helps us through them. So, again, don't let the devil condemn you. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Remember that. That is a promise. I think of Joshua when he led the children of Israel into the promised land. And the thing that I, I really like about Joshua is that he, he wouldn't go forward until he heard from the Lord. He, he would stop, inquire of the Lord. Okay, we're coming up to this thing, and he would inquire of the Lord. Only one time with the Gibeonites, when they, they deceived them into thinking they were travelers from far away and were tired, and uh, they made a covenant with them. But Joshua did an amazing job of leading the children of Israel into and through the promised land, not by his own ability, but because he heard the voice of God. He was trained how to do that by Moses. He, do you realize that Joshua was with Moses? on most of the, the encounters, that many of the encounters that Moses had in the tabernacle with the Lord, it's like, no one is allowed in there, well, except Joshua. <laughs> he got to be there and witness this face-to-face encounter that Moses had with Yahweh. Joshua got to be in there and watch, be part of it. He was trained, he was raised up as, as Moses' disciple for this for the sole purpose of hearing God's voice. If you can hear God's voice, you can do anything. Because he does know what he's doing. And he doesn't make mistakes. So, uh, the, I think that probably, if I think of Moses, I think of Joshua, uh, there's this, we see it, but it's also kind of an implied humility. Of like, we, we just see them. If Joshua was all about himself, he wouldn't inquire of the Lord. He would just... Go do it. 
But because of his humility, he had learned from Moses. Moses, meekest man, by his own words, uh, he he really was. He would he would pursue the heart of God. He would listen. It takes humility to hear God's voice. The if if you think of display of God's power versus still small voice, what were the the interruption we're asking for? The, the you know we want God just hit us, speak to us while we're while we're moving. It's that um, looking for a sign. You know, just hit me, God. I'm listening. You're not listening. You're distracted, and you're going about your own business. You're not listening. Displays of his power are, are a clear distinction. There's a clear distinction between that and his still small voice. If, uh, I, I want to say it this way. I wrote this down. God does not need to be constantly displaying his power if he has a relationship with us in which we hear his voice. Let's say that again. God does not need to be constantly displaying his power if he has a relationship with us in which we hear his voice. Mm-hmm.